0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Greetings, greetings It's another edition of Revolutionary Who do, do all Orleans, food, and secrets And recipes All is truly and indeed a blessing Come on in, come on in The fire is hot The water is a-boiling
0: Come on in, all is a blessing Welcome folks, come on in
1: I can't do that prayer right now Next time <laughs> 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 greetings, greetings, beloved moderators.
0: Young Dave Carter. Come on in, beloved. Come on in. Welcome. Great to see your face to the face. Greetings, greetings, greetings. It, you listen, you come like Africa, I'm looking, I'm on in, I know you're listening, I know you're watching. Come back home to Africa. Come on in, come on in. Come back home to Africa. Africa. The fatty calf and golden rings are waiting I'm for you once again. Come back
2: home.
0: Come back Coming back to you Out of bondage oh, now I'm free Da 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 Come back home to Africa. free She's calling your name to the way i home to Africa, the black and golden rain are waiting for you once again. i you, I'm longing for my family, coming back to you, i of bondage now I am free, da my da da my da 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 Four, five, two, seven, nine, five, 3 of my phone number for Greetings, beloved, trust me, beloved, in, come on I'm going to bring everybody on the screen, just come on in, welcome, welcome.
1: Oh is it pretty wear I will own utoni ewo afanbo boat O mi ita ni ibo, onilio aban eshu. Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. That one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scatter to feed poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warning is the one who is Eshu. Aboru, aboye, abochiche, ashe. May I ever reach a room. May I ever be accepted. May I ever allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say, I shake. divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, elevation, revelations and manifestation. You are now sitting live with the divine prince and the queen, big mother, <laughs> the big queen. You are listening now live, Pan African Spiritualist, Practitioner, Author, and Advisor Elagoon Oloye Hoodoo Obeya Bokor, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan African Hoodoo world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test in one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra, my affirmation and reverberation, my reiteration, and it is my ever living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my inner being understanding, my walk, my works, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the Divine Prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother-Father Earth, and it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I began, the place from where I realized and crystallized all my endeavors. Understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. Today is Friday, July 17th. Oh, my. The year is speeding forward, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically quantum universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, LLC, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted, and some would say most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this Hoodoo, Obeah, life path, and journey, passing down the great Obeah stick. Along with the knowledge of the life giving herbs, roots, plants, ritual spirits, and minerals. Indeed, the legacy, the culture, the tradition, the history, our stories, our sacred stories. And we acknowledge Denise Augustine, our master historian, our griot. And you can visit us for your tour plus experience. Book your tour plus experience right now at www.oursacredstories.com. Oh, you are sacredstories.com, oursacredstories.com. All is truly and indeed a blessing. I'm always grateful to acknowledge each and every one of you, both individually and collectively for taking the time out in the middle of your day. At high noon New Orleans time, US Central Standard Time, to be a part of revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans food and secrets and recipes. All is truly and indeed a blessing. I am grateful for Keona D. Carter, our administrator. She is a member and an initiate and a a godchild and a family member. Please do show her respect. She helps me to sort of maintain order. In the chat, and not miss your comments, questions, and requests. Eva, E, Orisha, Moju, Ba, Orisha, welcome. I always am humbled and honored when you, and of course Chef Bougie, come through and be a part of our our sacred circle. Domiko greetings, beloved Domiko for being a part of our audience. We welcome you. We appreciate you. We invite you to call us at eight four five. You can also participate with us live here on screen, on air, by following the instructions and the link that Keona um, periodically passes through the chat, which allows you to uh, turn your cam on and then be a part of, of the show. I'm going to stream it as well along the bottom of the screen so you should now be able to see that link scrolling at the bottom of the screen which would allow you to be active participant thank you Kiona book your tour with Denise Augustine www.oursakenstories.com and we appreciate all our local businesses and appreciate Tremaine Coffee House. I don't speak the name of Tremaine Coffee House enough Uh, Treme Coffee House has been with us in in supporting the community and supporting some of our events. Uh, It is indeed my local and favorite coffee house at Treme and St. Philip Street here in the historic Treme. So I don't speak Treme Coffee House enough. And moving forward, now that I'm going to have less technical difficulties, I'm going to begin to remember to support my local businesses, my local leaders, my local grassroots organizations. And, of course, those practitioners that we are not only bringing into the house, I'm still asking for practitioners, you know, if you came with me once or twice and then I hear, didn't hear back from you again, you might not be aggressive enough for what I'm try, trying to do. There's a lot going on here. And so I need you to be in the forefront. I need you to be active. I need you to be present as we continue to grow and, and further the reach of what belongs to us, our sacred stories. What belongs to us And if I had to say it loud For those in the back V-O-O D-O-O For those who have an issue with the U We speak English In America And if we want to look at past, If Candable belongs to Brazil If Ucomi belongs to Cuba If Maria Leonza belongs to Venezuela Then indeed Voodoo With 4 Belongs to us. Haiti can have their youth. The West African tribes who utilize French and the youth, let them have their youth. But we have our four O's. So let's be clear. And it's universal. It's universal. It's, it's not one religion over another. It's not one thing over another. There is no Fa uh, without Bluetooth. There is no voodoo without Fa. The two go hand in hand. We we then look at ethnicity, we didn't look at ethnic group, we didn't look at lineage. And that's where things get specific. But our salvation is in reclaiming belongs to us. And the platform underneath voodoo is ancestry and honor. Restoring that energy, not necessarily the lifestyle. We're in a different time and space, but restoring that energy that our ancestors possessed that created the survival that we all now live and exist within, indeed, without those who came before, you wouldn't have your physical being. You wouldn't have your biological being. You wouldn't have your humanity. And science now agrees with what we've always known, ancestral memory survives in the blood. Ancestral memory survives in the blood. So, indeed, some of your best qualities are being pushed forward by your ancestors. Indeed, some of those roadblocks, some of those stumbling blocks, some of those that shadow work that many of us need to do is often also inspired by the direct energy and, and presence of your ancestors and how we disseminate that, how we process that now in this present moment in time space. Today we're going to talk about what some might see as really controversial topics. YouTube might already be ready to censor this. Some of you might already be ready to censor this. And one of the things I want to do is not only talk about polygamy and, and polyandry and the five sexes in a context that we know and understand, but I also want to teach it, and share it in a context that's often neglected, that's often not understood. Since time immemorial, our cultures, our traditions have been demonized, bastardized, seen as backwards, seen as not civilized by the oppressive majority. And so how we live, how we structured our communities, how we structured our families, how we survived, generations of of family bickering and and, and tribal combat was all erased or attempted to be erased during that which we now as the mental passage. That which we commemorate here in New Orleans, every first Saturday in, in July, we commemorate the mental passage. And those who survived in the physical and those who survived in the spirit, those who made the passage in the physical, and those who did not make the passage in the spirit. And among them were many tribes, many ethnic groups. This wasn't no singular family, if we change the language. This wasn't no singular, you know, this wasn't the Washingtons or just the Joneses. This was a collective of, of captured humanity from a diversity of family and tradition Some of them indeed had Islamic roots. Some of them had early Christian roots. And then many others had those ingrained indigenous roots that, again, white supremacy, racism, enslavement, the process of enslavement attempted to eradicate and wipe out.
2: And so many of
1: our traditions that we know and understand today or believe that we know and understand today we do so in a very modern context and often through a Christian Islamic filter. Somehow that's the limit of it. We don't consider the presence of polygamy in other societies, in other cultures, in other traditions.
2: From a from a
1: pan-African world perspective, <laughs> understanding that if all humanity came out of the, the cradle, came out of the crater, uh, came out of of, of East Africa, then indeed our traditions would have grown and would have spread throughout the world. And and then at some point making contact with Neanderthal man and and humanity as it was then, because we can't really say it was humanity, different forms of humanity, different forms of, of humanoid, you know, and then we mixed in India, we mixed in Asia, we mixed in the Americas, and it sort of became predecessors to what we think we know and understand today. And within that were basic root cultural traditions that were wiped out during the Middle Passage, that were eradicated during the, the Christian crusade, that were deemed evil, if not appropriated, We've talked about this previously on, on this show. Many of these world traditions that weren't eradicated, that weren't demonized, that weren't wiped out, became appropriated by Christian, Islamic, Judaic traditions. So when we think about polyandry, which I'm going to speak to, really I'm going to speak to polygamy first because it's most familiar. And it's also most bastardized. It's also most misunderstood from our Western concept. It's either already a weakening of the position of the woman from from the Western mindset. It's either already about the man from the Western mindset or from an indigenous mindset. Polygamy, as well as polyandry, was about the woman. It was about maintaining Support for the head of the household, which is in an indigenous context, was the woman. There once was a time. Uh, in fact, there's a book. It's a fictional book, but it pulls from history. In fact, I gave Queen Mother that book and she never gave it back. <laughs> I want to say it was called Avalon. And this book, thick, thick book, <laughs> so it takes some getting into really maps out and describes a world that preceded this male-dominated, male dominated male god figure world that we exist in now. So much so that we think that this is it, and this is w- what always has been, and this is what's somehow superior. But for many centuries before the introduction of these masculinized religions, We existed in a female-dominated world. We followed the cycles of the moon. The cycles of the moon were more important than the cycles of of the sun. So when we examine polygamy, polyandry, we have to have an indigenous mindset at looking at it. Another aspect to these traditions, to these cultural practices that we have to uh, re-educate ourselves about is sex. Sex was not always in the equation. In fact, sex was often not a part of the equation except for the birthing of babies. And and, and that varied depending on what part of the world the, the uh, value of, of boys or the value of girls took on. We could really digress if we start looking at India, Asia. Even in some ethnic... Tribes in 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 the motherland on the continent, the value of boys versus the value of girls, and and, and that is a whole nother show probably uh, from within itself. But indeed, the sexualized nature that we give marriage, let alone uh, a polygamy, that we give marriage, that we give relationships, that we give soulmates. I can't tell you how often re-educate about what soulmates are soulmates are about doing soul level work that's not always about marriage that's not always about partnership that's not always about all the fuzzy feel-good stuff that we attribute now from a western context to relationships And, and indeed to marriage marriage was about value And shared value and exchange of value in the indigenous context you know when we think about dowries when we think about how many goats do you own how many cattle do you own how much land uh, does your family own how much access does your village your people have to water and to resources these were often the the reason for discussion this is what your family sat around the fire in those communities and discussed and talked about. Limited conversation was on sex. Limited conversation was on the birthing of babies. To some degree, the birthing of babies was to be expected, uh, was a part of the the whole reasoning for. But how we sort of sexualize things um, has changed, both in Africa and in the Western world. Um, Over time, as African uh, cultures begin to be infiltrated or affected by outside traditions, um, the whole concept of marriage and sex and family begin to to take on very different dynamics. And so we see, even in Africa, um, very specific changes in polygamy and, and polyandry. That today, in today's politically correct climate, we would absolutely say are negatives uh, are, are against the empowerment of, of women. And so that's why I started this conversation by talking about a time when there wasn't a male God, when there wasn't a father God, when we followed the cycles of the moon, when we when we understood the power of Mother Earth. There was a a, a overt uh, conscious decision to subvert that. And even when you look at African indigenous stories from East Africa to West, there are many stories that talk about conspiracies, men getting together and deciding to impregnate, for instance, in every woman in the village at the same time in order to recapture or, or gain power, gain superiority. There are these legends within many African uh, uh, indigenous people that talk about it. So so there is indeed a footprint for a, a woman controlled world, a woman driven world. And I aim to see that return. I, I believe that's returning, even as we speak, the regaining of the power of the goddess, the regaining of the power of the woman. So So from an indigenous context, these uh, uh, polygamous, polyandrous relationships were about resources. Were about power, we're about maintaining control within a certain region, within a certain community, and and the accessibility to resources. I welcome everyone for being here for this powerful and sometimes controversial topic. I welcome your comments, your suggestions, your criticisms, your participation. Greetings, Denise Preston. Um, you can come on first if you like, um, and then we're going to um, Connect with Kiona, and then I'm sure that mother has plenty she wants to say. It's one of her favorite topics. I also invite you to utilize our phone lines at area code 845 277 9143. If indeed you can't get your wig together, or your facade together, or your webcam together, you can always call us at 845 277 9143. Remember to press the number one on your mic. That will virtually raise your hand and give me an opportunity to bring you into the conversation. So, Denise Preston, beloved, greetings. You were on screen first, so I'm, I'm greeting you. I'm giving you the opportunity to, to come on in if you have something you'd like to say or share or, or just give you a greeting and you can sit back until you're ready to participate. How are you doing? Denise Preston, are you with me? Okay, well, we're gonna move on to Kiona. Greetings, Kiona, beloved. Are you with me? Come on in, Kiona. Am I having an audio problem here, Kiona? Come on in. Can you hear me over there? Um,
3: I turned my sound off, but I was hearing hear
1: you. Okay. I just want to get a bag. Okay. Greetings. Yes, I can. Greetings, greetings, everyone. Okay, hold on. Now it sounds like people hear me okay i hear kiona go ahead kiona come on in yes i'm here yes i can hear you just fine how you doing can you hear me Yes. can you hear me how you doing are you hearing me are you hearing me no i'm
4: just i'm just um and hello
1: Awesome. Okay. Okay. All is a blessing. Maybe there's a delay. I am trying to figure it out. Now I got I mean I know y'all can I'll I'll go ahead and move it out because I don't want to on the broadcast, but there's a delay. It is causing dead air. Okay. Okay. Denise Preston, are you with me? Did you have a question, comment, request?
0: Hello, how is everybody?
1: All
4: is um I'm just in the middle of doing a Zoom class. Uh, for my special education students. So I'm just listening right now. I'm I'm multitasking, um, but I will be listening attentively. Blessings to
1: all. Thank you. Thank you. And, again, our phone lines are also available at 845-277-9143 for those who want to be heard but not necessarily seen. And be sure to press the number one on your telephone keypad and I'll be sure to unmute your mic. You must have heard the term polygamy, which has been practiced in various regions across the world for thousands of years, but a few might have heard about polyandry, which has numerous known cases in history. Even today it's practiced in some parts of the world where polygamy is, entailed as the marriage of a man with more than one woman. Polyandry is the contrast to polygamy, as it allows a woman to marry more than one man at the same time. In this conversation, I also want to begin to introduce and and better understand the concept of five genders, which is another indigenous world tradition. This sort of polarized male and female, mother and father, man's work, woman's work, it's West fit into the indigenous natural organic society. Indeed, even in indigenous African languages, there aren't the pronouns he and she in the way that we use them in English. Uh, you have Nana, could be Nanny of the Maroons, could be a man, I mean a woman. You have Nana, could be a man, you know, depending on, the usage and depending on the individual but in the concept of five genders there was an understanding that your physical form was not the limit to your identity and so you had masculinized women you had feminized men you you had people who were non-binary uh, gender defining and people often ask well where's that book where is that documenting and when we look at European culture, yes, everything is written down, everything is in a book, you know, but when we look at African culture, we often have to look at three-dimensional, four-dimensional, real-world representations to interpret and understanding. It. Uh, it's not always carved in stone uh, as so pretty as ancient Egypt. Uh, when we look for the footprints of other uh, types of, of diverse cultures and, and ways of living, So again, often how we are introduced to these concepts, polygamy, polyandry, are often coming through the missionary, coming through the the, the Christian archaeologist, the the westernized book writer, and they put their slant to it, which is more often than not a negative one. The legality of polygamy and, and polyandry varies from one country to another in Africa, but as Polygamy has always been more prevalent than polyandry for centuries in African continent. The former concept is still practiced in various parts of the countries like Algeria, Cameroon, Chad, Central African Republic, Republic of Congo, Djibouti, Egypt, Gabon, the Gambia, Guinea, Libya, Kenya, Mali, Mauritania. Nigeria, Sao Tome, and Principe, Senegal, Somalia, South Sudan, Sudan, Swaziland, Togo, Tanzania, Uganda, and Zambia. These types of marriages, mainly polygamy, have always been prevalent in the history of Africa and have reached the alchemy with the spread of Islam. Islam indeed spread the, the awareness of polygamy and, and also transformed our understanding of what polygamy is into what I, I say is this more male-dominated demonstration. Uh, for example, all the northern states in Nigeria governed by the Islamic Sharia law legalized or, rec- or recognize polygamous marriages. Same with the auton- autonomous regions of Somaliland and punt land in northern Somalia, as the country is governed by Sharia law. Uh, there was a time, not, not too far in the recent past, where people were fearing Sharia laws was going to happen in America. Yeah. Um, that might have been right, right after 9-11. Um, right after- <laughs> Fear of of Sharia law taking place here in the state. Someone has opened a mic. Who was that? You? Somebody opened a mic. Did someone have something they wanted to say? Okay, I don't know where that background noise came from just then. Um, but all is a blessing. (laughs) All is a blessing. So that also helped to change and transform how we understand polygamy today. And so we think of polygamy today as, as this male-driven, this male-dominated thing uh, 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 being driven by a man's physical desire, his carnal desire, uh, even the desire to produce and have children. And, and so the idea of women being empowered through these concepts has all been but stripped from the modern awareness of of polygamy and polyandry and and how it shows up. I also want to talk about it, how it shows up in religion, Uh, and particularly Orisha, Loa, Voodoo. In the Voodoo tradition, in, in the Haitian Voodoo tradition, and to some degree, here in Louisiana, there's what we know as marriage loa, where you marry a loa. Uh, and a real marriage, happens that there, there's often a, a, all the officiants. Uh, there's paperwork, people sign. There's a, there's an exchanging of rings. Um, there's a possession that takes place in the ceremony, but there's a real partnership, a real relationship that is made with loa. We see that to some degree in Orisha, and the crowning, if you will, on your head of Orisha. And and if you take the practice seriously, if you are committed to the tradition, and usually by the time you are crowned or initiated, you are indeed committed to the tradition, you then come into a pact, into a vow, if you will, with more than just your ancestors, with more than just your head, but now you're introducing powers also uh nature we might say nature powers of nature into the equation and then there's a vow that's taken and so there's things that are taboo things you can't eat things you don't do certain days you don't do certain things on just like to some degree how we view marriage um i heard most recently that marriage itself is a binding ritual is a binding spell And indeed, that white dress and that something old and that something new and that something blue and and that ring are a ritualized ceremony of bondage to some degree. And it's an accepted bonding that we we come together. So in the context of these larger families, and and let's be clear, we don't see this just in old world Africa. (laughs) We see this today. We see this in in modern cultures. We see this in modern religions. Uh, sometimes it's controversial. Sometimes it's you know illegal, depending on where it's happening. Um, did you say something? The Mormons. Yeah, the Mormons is, is a great example.
3: And they they outlawed it, and some Mormons broke away when they outlawed it because they still wanted to do the polygamy. Mm-hmm. But Mormons got so much. Backlash from the other religions that they
1: outlawed. They outlawed their own tradition. Are you sure
3: your mic is open? My mic not open. Well, they can't hear you really.
1: I oh, okay, okay.
0: This mic, can y'all
1: hear? Okay, yeah, because of the reverberation. Yeah. Yeah. Can y'all hear her clearly? Keona, can can go okay, good. Thank, thank you, Denise. Yeah.
0: yeah
1: I also think with the, when we start talking about Mormons, a whole lot of other shady stuff came in, you know, marrying children, violating young girls, you know, and again, this is sort of a modern context. can hear her just
0: fine.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. There's a bit of a delay. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, so when we think about groups like the Mormons, we also see, you know, really bad things happening, abuse violation of, of young children, young women, young girls, even the violation that takes place with young boys uh, when we look at um, the Mormons in particular and, and what's happening there. So it helps to create this real negative thought process for the average person, black or white, in a modern context when we even begin a discussion about these uh, uh polyamorous or or, or larger uh, extended families. But we know that it's happening, and we know that it's happening all around us. Um, and, And the secrecy that covers it also allows for bad things to happen and continue, sometimes for decades before someone seeks help, before someone escapes. Uh, there was a story uh, maybe two years back of the uh, the black man in, in California that had his entire family, you know, locked up in the house and was uh, having babies with, with his daughters. You know, in, in the context of this, you know, polygamous type cult-like mentality, we see it in really bad ways happening in, in not just um, uh, Africa, but even in, in the U.S. Uh, so that would be a great example. The Mormons would be a great example. Uh, some people say we need to keep a, a second eye on, on the Jehovah Witnesses. I personally have never been a Jehovah Witness. I have a very limited understanding of, 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 of Jehovah Witness and the problems that are happening in, in that tradition, other than what I've been told and what is now coming out on television. We see Scientology being being targeted for some questionable activities around marriage uh, and 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 responsibility we also see even in the indigenous context um, tribes now uh, where,
0: yeah.
1: where the, the the women are being exploited to the extent of communal exploitation uh, when we go back into ancient time and we see these temple goddesses and and and, and religious or sacred sects taking place in the temple spaces, we are again seeing the blurring of that line between what is sacred and what is now being exploited to the fulfillment of carnal desires, carnal needs. I sometimes say when we wake up our ancestors, when we wake up the Egun, when we invite Oshun and Yemiah and and Urzali Dantor and Urzali Freedom. get involved in our business, how conscious are we of the type of request that we are asking? And it has everything to do with how we view sacredness, what's sacred, and the sanctity and sacredness of relationships. So we see a reemerging of polygamous and polyamorous relationships. Don't, Don't be fooled. This is more than Maury Povich and, and Jerry Springer. There are indeed people under the sound of my voice right now who look just as black as you, just as regular as you, just as church-going as you, who are actively in a polyamorous relationship. It's not always talked about. You know, you have these rooms and these groups and these private places where, where this is often discussed. And, and then again, it's often overtly, overly sexualized. And we talk about the sex of it and, and, and the kinkiness of it. But we don't talk about the, the real cultural ramifications for why this continues to be a presence in our, in our world and in various world cultures. I invite your participation in the show at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143 be sure to press the number one on your telephone keypad that alerts me that there's a caller in queue and I will be glad to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Uh, when we look at Dr. York, come on in.
5: So I,
4: I grew up in, in Utah and um, I first seen see that. So the owner's church, they don't do the polygamous anymore. Um, but it's the fundamentalists that branched off from the LDS, the Mormon church, that do. Um, and I went to school with, with several families that the kids had multiple mothers. And they were always very different kids. Uh, they were always just a little strange. And then um, the, the the fundamentalists that we would see maybe twice a year, they looked like a little house on a prairie. And they would come down, and they would buy both of of food and, and, and like, toiletries, and you wouldn't see them again until that next season.
0: They were doing free. Um, the church
4: is really different, where if you participate in their activities, they they almost, they, they try to baptize you into becoming one of them um, if you if you go to their activities too often. My daughter went to their activities all the time. She was invited by their, one of their little girls in the neighborhood. And then they went, they tried to baptize her into the church without my knowledge or without my saying yes. Right, your it was and I had to really get firm with the missionaries and say she's already Baptist. And they're like, Well she's been going and so you don't think that she can just go to the church and not be part of the church. And I said, well, if that's the case, then she doesn't have any of the activity. Um, but they almost got, into my, got in my face trying to make me allow her to be baptized. It was very strange.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and as um, one of our chat room participants um, just said a moment ago, it, it's often being misused, abused, taken out of context, you know, and, 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 of course, there's a mindset that wants us to only see those negative repercussions, that only wants us to see those, those, those uh, uh, shadow issues happening, that, that do not even speak to uh, where it's working or where it might otherwise be hidden in other forms in our society. It, it's real easy for us to pick on the Mormons and to pick on Utah because they're out in the open and they're very visible. And of course, some controversy has also created a great degree of visibility. But how much visibility is there in the black community when it comes to polygamy? Uh, I am and have been a party to a polygamous relationship. Queen Mother is and has been party to polygamous relationships. And and I know many people who are actively in polygamous relationships, Uh, but it's just not on the five o'clock news.
3: I know people who are in a polygamous relationship
1: and don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, people who are in a polygamous relationship and who don't even know it. Now, now for me, again, that's a violation. If everybody doesn't yeah. know, if everybody is, does, isn't aware, if there isn't a set of rules and, and protocols, then I question the validity of, of the usage of polygamy and, and the polygamous foundation for those relationships. Adi, uh, once you get into the, the carnal of it, the ego of it, you've stepped out of tradition. You you stepped away from the the, the real purpose and meaning for uh, polygamous and and communal relationships. And and like the Queen Mother said, some of you are in polygamous relationships and don't know it. And and, and that is because there are many... But is it even
4: natural for a man to even be
1: monogamous? No. Is it natural for any human to be monogamous for that matter? I don't think so. I don't think so. And the Queen Mother doesn't either. And again, in the Western concept, we expect it for the men. We tell, well, boys will be boys. They're supposed to be. You know, well, we accept it underneath to some degree, even in America, in Western culture. But if we say so for a woman in Western culture, it sounds like she's being a hoe. It sounds like she's being a little bit busy. But when we look at the this, uh, uh, demonstration of these lifestyles, then we have to look at value. Then we have to get away from the Western world's way of contaminating something in order to push Christianized, organized religions as still somehow superior. And, and we're quick to say, "Uh huh." Say, "Look, we told you that that's not going to work." But Christianized, Catholicized, Islamized marriages today are operating at 65% or higher divorce rate. And why is that? What feeds that? And, and what are the needs of the children often when we look at these relationships? The, 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 the idea of value and the children is much higher, in my opinion, in the polygamous cultures, in the organic, authentic polygamous cultures than, than what we see in the U.S. And often the coming together is about children, is about resources, is about the building and the sharing of community, is about the building and the sharing of resources. Um, I said it on the show the other day. You weren't here, but but her children, grandchildren, great grandchildren are, are my family, and they accept me for who I am. They accept me just as I am. And, and there's a camaraderie that draws. People even today, to some of these polyamorous relationships that you don't see, you don't feel in Western culture. I, I say it's a desire for community. It's a desire for something that feels more like village. And so they're gonna have
4: to change a commercial of this polygamy because this little house on the prairie images is not the
1: business. I, I agree. Not only is it not the business, it's it's often not working. you know oh yeah that's right i ordered food but they should have rang the doorbell hold on forgive me y'all and you could have said that right out loud if i'm gonna interrupt the show you might as well say it right out loud i never did order i'm just now placing the order Oh, you didn't hit me. Yeah, I forgot to hit next. They changed the whole layout for Uber Eats. if a man is not of a uh, funny
5: means,
4: should he be allowed to have multiple wives?
1: Come on in. You just hit one of the critical issues right on the head. In a more authentic indigenous representation, you don't have more than one. You don't have any wives that you can't afford. You don't have any children that you can't afford in a more indigenous concept. So Keona, that was a great question and that was right on the money. I also wanna say, because you just triggered my memory that we also saw this demonstration in the time of enslavement and thereafter because as they continue to divide and break up our homes and our families, many kids had more than one mother, more than one dad we might have said uncle so-and-so we might have said you know Auntie so-and-so and the extension of our family was great we were also able to mask the five genders behind that system so in my family i knew of two aunties who lived together their entire life and and there was never any whispering there was never any rumors there was never any you know question of of sexual identity You know, it was was their role. So in a more indigenous cultural context, we all have a role. We all have a purpose. We all bring something to the village, if you will. And so in the marrying and the taking of a vow, it's a commitment uh, to protect ourselves and each other. Uh, In the Western context, particularly in America, because I'm not quite sure – how marriage works in this country, But here, the legalities, the the hoops that you jump through for Uncle Sam, are given more power, more precedent than the vow and the vow taking itself. So, so the whole cultural element to marriage and family and, and relationship building um, has really been condensed and watered down and reshaped in, in the Western vehicle in which we see it, and it's not working for many of us. Some of you are in relationships that are absolutely not working for you, whether it be one partner or multiple, and, and, and you're not fulfilled. You don't have what you need. Your children don't have what you need. So we really examine how we view family, how we view relationship building. I often say we lack relationship building skills. Okay, um, hold on for a second. The goddess initiative is what natural for the woman? Being polyamorous? Yes. Yes. Uh, Come on in, Queen.
3: Okay, I have a statement to say on the sister who said if a man cannot afford more than one wife.
1: That's Keona. That's the Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey,
3: Kiona. The thing is, the
5: marriage is a partnership where you take care of each other. No, she was, and she was piggybacking off what I said. If a, if a man was, um, if it was natural for a man to be monogamous, she was saying that we have to be serious. That is not even natural for a woman either.
1: Yeah, if we're being serious, it's absolutely natural, beloved. And okay. and, and I. Hate
3: Are you Queen Mother. Okay, my thought on that is. Since a lot of y'all have been in Christianity and deal with the church, let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's go back to the tale of the animals going onto the ark. The animals going onto the ark, as most Bibles will tell you, and your Sunday school, he took the animals on the ark two by two. That's not true. Read the book. He took them in spot seven, except for the unclean. The unclean were the only ones that went in one male, one female. And the reasoning behind that was so that the unclean would not populate or overpopulate as much as the clean. And in those seven that he took, and the Bible will tell you this if you just read it was five females, a mature male, and a young male, in case something happened to that mature male, they had a backup. If you look in the Old Testament, nobody had one wife. In the Old Testament, the 12 tribes that give us Judah and the Hebrews and all of that, that did not come from one woman but it came from one man. It's a partnership. We're living in times we can't understand what it was to have to hunt your food, to dig your food, to raise your food, to protect yourself. And women have always, through history, outnumbered men because of the of situations that men put themselves in, such as wars, such as hunting accidents, such as drowning, where men go out and fight the dangerous situations of daily living. When most people think about polygamy, I mean, now, because of the situation we live in now, we think about love and sex. That's not the basis of polygamy. I know a man here in New Orleans with five wives, and he has a mature wife, the next one in line, the next one in line, and the younger wife, he has children with all of them. But in having those five wives, they have cars and a house that they don't all live in the same house, but they do live in a poor place where each of them having their own apartment and him having a house next door. They all have their own businesses, which he helped them start. Mm-hmm. One was the botanical, the shop, where we used to be able, only be able in New Orleans to buy your fresh herbs when you didn't want to go to a Whole food. It was the black business. They had businesses in our French water. They had a bakery where they made the fresh baked goods and the women were self sufficient. Yes. And he went and he picked up all the deliveries for each store. He had the truck to bring all the physicality, all the physical needs of being a um, helper to help these women function. If he died tomorrow, God forbid, because I know it. these women with him are self-sufficient. One sister is a teacher. All they're in a the homeschooled Were where well, they grown now, the grandchildren is getting homeschooled now. And they all got accepted into major historical black universities. And I mean, I talked to these sisters. I was friends with one young sister who happened to pass away from cancer. She had the botanica. You know, it works for them, but it's hard. i talked to them about Mm -hmm. the jealousy factor. Well, don't you get jealous that he might love one more than the other one? And she said, of course, I'm human. You have to put yourself in check. She said, but at least I know who the women are. And his children all know each other.
1: The God, hold on, the Goddess Initiative. Um, I hear you, and you're absolutely entitled to your opinion. Uh, I don't think monogamy is natural for for men or women. I, I don't. And and forgive me for sounding like an old Southern preacher, but when you look at nature, monogamy is is, is not. It's rarely rarely demonstrated in nature. You have some species that that meet a partner, bind with the partner, they stay together a, a certain oh, length of time or, or a lifetime. But indeed, if something happens to one or the other, they find a new partner, they move forward. But you see more uh, polygamy or polyandry, if you will, in nature than you do monogamous coupling up. Um, it, 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 it's either way. It's an artificial construct, and I think maturity has everything to do with how this shows up in demonstration. I don't think everybody's mature enough, and particularly in our culture, the way we view ourselves and our experience and the men and women that we deal with. and our selfishness. Yeah, and our selfishness. Yes, you know, I, I agree with the Neophyte Bokor. We are not ready. We are not evolved enough for that. We are not mature enough for that. Um, so I agree with Neophyte Bokur. I, I support the process. I support the institution. I am and have been a part of it. But I don't think it's for everybody. No, it's not. And particularly if, if, if their understanding is, DP, um, of a sexualized nature. It's It's not about sex, and it's not about love in the way we've been taught love in a storybook, Barbie, Valentine's Day, selfish. you know, kind of demonstration. We, we know love in the West of being very selfish. He bought me. He supported me. He called me. You
0: know,
1: you know, in a very selfish way. We, we, we don't have the village mentality that's necessary, that's needed to have these type of relationships and demonstrate them in a healthy way. And as, as the queen just demonstrated, when you do, they're very quiet about it. They, they're not right out in the open with it. They're not waving a flag. They're not trying to draw your attention to it. They don't need that outside energy to disrupt that balance. No, they're just
3: building on their wealth and their family and the wealth of their children. Now, I tried with my last husband. He wanted to get into a polygamous relationship. I have no problem with polygamy. I have a lot of stuff to do. Here's the bottom line. Taking care of a man is a job if you take care of the right. My mother who raised me was born in 1900. And she took care of my father. She ironed his underwear.
1: Who's gonna do that today? Who got time to do that today? Who got time to cook today? I know. Who got time to didn't
3: clean work today? Outside the house either. Yeah.
1: No, so but I mean even the,
3: taking care of a man
1: is a big job. I'm talking about taking care of a woman is a big job, you know. But I'm talking about today. Who's willing to give that even today, even in modern context? Who's gonna cook? Keep the place tidy. Keep the place organized. Not just for themselves, but for everyone. And we know there's wives out there doing it, husbands out there doing it. We know there's single-headed households, both male and female, where all of that, you know, is being done. But, but even in terms of lovers, even in terms of shacking up, how much are are modern people willing to give, to sacrifice? Let's use different words. Sacrifice, surrender, submit for, to keep that type of of bond together. Because the truth is you have to sacrifice, submit, surrender in any relationship. In any relationship, you and your mom, you and your best friend, you and your sibling, there's a give and take that the modern mindset is struggling with my time, my space, my lifestyle, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not talking about people that have drama, Kiona. you and I got drama in our family. I get that. We got drama, drama, you know, generations. but that has everything to do with what I'm talking about, how we now look at what a relationship is and what a relationship is supposed to do for me. Um, Queen Mother just described a scenario when you talked about jealousy and and equal time where a person has to have a strong constitution, has to have a strong sense of self, has to have a strong sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. I would say has to have something to do. Yeah. If you're too busy running a business, exchanging with your community, you, you ain't got a whole lot of time to be over-focused on sex or how much cuddle time. You know, we have. So everybody has to be vibrating at a much higher degree in order to have these communal relationships that we either look at as being somehow a relic of the past or we choose to sort of overlook or demonize as they still manifest them uh, right now in the future. Uh, somebody unmuted. Um, Neophyte Bokor, did you have a comment? Come on in, bro. Uh,
6: yes, sir uh greetings everybody greetings family uh you guys are hitting a nail on the head today uh covering a lot of the different talking points that i actually thought i was going to be able to chime in on but it sounds like this pretty much covered already however um there is one that i think is being overlooked um just slightly uh that should be paid attention to just a little bit more in my opinion uh the fact that monogamy mm-hmm. And, and marriage are defined in two different terms. They are not the same. We are not mature enough is another way of looking at it. We're not ready to separate the definitions. We're not ready to separate the, uh, the simple parts about the relationship and the this mindset. This is, like you said, a, a tribal mentality that needs to really be embraced before we can uh, contextualize the the partnership that we have. If you're not really willing to give up the seat of uh, being the head of the household, sitting at the head of the table, then you're not mature enough. I think that goes into us being a minority. we're, we're defining ourselves as minority we're not defining ourselves as a minimal people or a small number of people no we're defining ourselves as a minor there's a different definition for that two different definitions you're a minor person you're immature you're not intelligent enough to take care of yourself as a minor this is this means that we're our children as children if we continue to to call ourselves minors, not just minority, we then we're not adults enough to start taking on these responsibilities. Only adults or majority are ready to take on these responsibilities. This is why we see these things happening in the uh, in the Mormon uh, culture, which I am definitely I have a whole another argument about. Their history to begin with, so I won't even go into that. But yeah, we don't—we're not hitting those simple things, those smaller things. We're overlooking how we're defining ourselves as people to even step into tribalism. That's why I say culture needs to be prepared before we can move into these larger aspects of it. We have many adults that don't realize that. If you're paying child support to one family, to your ex or, or whatever, and you are married to somebody else, by definition, that is a this way. That's right. That's
1: right. That's right. So, even, so even, from a, even from a Christian context, it says that your first marriage is, is forever. Mm-hmm. It's forever. And that's why they're so anti-divorce because they believe that you're forever connected to that first marriage and those first children.
6: Right, um, that's a business contract. When you get married, you have to go and get your license, your marriage license, before you can even get married. A lot of these businesses that we uh, shop in and patronize uh, are married to each other. Take Sears and Kmart, for example you go to Sears, you find products that you can still find at Kmart. Why is this? Because they're merged, they're married. These are definitions that we're overlooking in the simplest legal terms. This is not the terms that we use in everyday life. This is called legalese. It's law terms, lawyer terms. These lawyer terms are what we're um, not accustomed to adding to our our everyday vocabulary and and this, these everyday vocabulary terms are being overshadowed on our, with our opinions of what they are not by definition i i say like as, as black people we need to make sure that we have one thing in our house next to that bible is a dictionary
1: and a thesaurus Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah
6: a thesaurus exactly because yeah. this english language this english language is what's binding us to these weird customs. This, this whole melting pot mentality is what's killing our our our, our foundational structure as black people alone, let alone uh, our tattered history. Right? We've got all these different things that are, are holding us back, but we have to address the little speed bumps before we start trying to climb these mountains. Yes, I agree. So I'm sorry to take over there. I'm going to go ahead and, and move my mic for a second. Let everybody no, was, ahead and ponder that one for a minute. No,
1: that was great. We actually needed um, more male energy in the show. Uh, right now, as as usual, the women are holding it down. The queens are holding it down. So we we invite your opinion. We absolutely do. And your participation. Mm-hmm. Uh, both you and who no, do occultism. Who do occultism? I, I, mean I, I love Come on, Neil. Well, I, I love the
6: female, uh, female um, um, energy because I like to cultivate it myself personally. As a male, I understand exactly how the family structure is supposed to be because I've made so many mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we had that example of the lion, uh, the lioness, and the pride uh, as a family structure. Yeah, that's that's the primary. If you think about it. In Africa, that is the primary family. They are the apex predator of the African plain over just about every other creature. And how do they operate? Well, the male lion is pretty much the the dominant head of the household. As far as we see, what what it looks like, but it's the lioness that picks the male that has to sit there uh, uh, and that... On that throne, that, that throne, there's a lot of babysitting, if you think about it, there's responsibility. He has to maintain the pride. He has to maintain the hunting grounds to make sure that other predators don't come and invade his territory. Because if they come and invade the territory, he's got, those other predators are going to take out the babies. It's the lion's job not the lioness job to take care of the children, right? They nurse the children, they raise the children, and then once they get uh, winged off, it is to the responsibility of the male to protect his children. The females go out, they do the hunting, the gathering, they bring it back, the male eats first. The only reason why the male eats first is to make sure that the babies eat first so that the babies grow up and get strong, and the lioness bow down to that but let that male get out of of line and get out of pocket it's those female lions the lioness that will exile the male you have to earn that seat is what I grasp from that you have to earn that seat and, and really look into how these structures are formed because then we can get into detail. Two male lions are usually brothers that have to uh, maintain the pride. The larger the pride, the, the more males are going to have in there. But they still have to respect the lioness because they are the ones that choose which lion becomes the head of their household. So we, if we apply that to how we live, then it it's the women that have to choose dominant man, the man that's going to actually be the provider, the one that can afford it in, in today's terms. Do you have an income large enough to be able to support, support multiple wives? If you do, how are those, these wives going to, like the Queen Mother said, provide support to the income for the tribe? These are how these major companies and these, these businesses that we are buying our products from are managing their relationships with their business partners. That's right. So we, we're not applying that. We're applying sex.
1: That's right. Monogamy. Yeah, that's right. And they marry. They, they pick the family. They, they pick mm-hmm. the tax bracket. They pick the community. All of that is a part of the process. And and it's really uh, sort of an an appropriation of what we're talking about, which happens organically in the polyamorous relationship. You're coming together for more than just you cute and you got a big penis or you got hips and and, a breast. You're coming together for resources. You're coming together to build strength. You're coming together to build lineages that that last and exist beyond you beyond you, and and so I participate for the survival of voodoo and the survival of of culture and and, and Afrocentric black culture in its most organic way. That's why I support it. Um, When it's out of context, when it's in relationship to something else or some other religious, you know, factor or faction, um, I, I question its value for us. But but I agree 100% with with Alinka that we, it's about maturing, and she's demonstrating that she's coming into her best self at 50. And and I agree with you. I I feel like I'm at my best self at 50. I would like to be a little bit better on the physical aspect of it. <laughs> you know, uh, I could eat still just a little bit better. I could still get a little bit more exercise. But at every other level of, of my inner being and standing. I agree with Olenka. Um, age is everything. We're taught in the West that age is a bad thing. Age is a negative, especially on women. I saw Jada Pinkett and a few other people talking about um, be, being an actress or an actor. That wasn't Jada Pinkett. That was um, Tamara and them on... Uh, uh, whatever that show is, it ain't the view, it's one of them daytime shows, but talking about women and how they're treated differently for their age. And again, in these polyamorous relationships, it is designed to protect these women as they age, as they have children, so that they aren't isolated, so that they aren't left without resources wouldn't you agree
3: yes that's like in a Mm -hmm. lot of African traditions
1: the brother
3: has to marry another brother's wife not for sex if something happens to that one brother it was so that that wife and his what we call nieces and nephews what they don't my brother's child is my child um To protect them, to make sure they have food, to make sure they have someone to physically protect them. Because the world is cold. Another man or a rival tribe will come in and try to steal your women. All women, you know, all women ain't Amazon in Africa. They need protection. Just like the function of the lion. He's the one who protects the women and children. When what they call rogue lions come in and try to take over and kill the young so that they can mate with the female and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's about protection, and that's why it's not a sexual thing. If you look at European women, the European women that came to the United States that were forced to come here, when they dumped, they're criminals here. The women were prostitutes, pickpockets, thieves. Why? Because without any man, they could not be taken care of. They had to do what they had to do to eat, to live, to buy clothes, and it ends up being criminal. It ended up being criminal. They was out there on their own breaking the law, Without a man, because the European society was one man, one woman in mm-hmm. England, mm-hmm. one man, one woman,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know. But that left a whole lot of children to be orphans in the street. I mean, one of England's biggest things going on was orphanages yeah. and child labor, because these children didn't have a male to take care of them. hmm because the Europeans are so into selfishness, as we know, if I want it, I take it. You know, it's mine and nobody else's can have it. I will kill you for it. They could not even have the mindset and they were into so much sex. The average European male one and,
1: and they were and they were passing venereal diseases all around the world. Yes. You know, with all this promiscuity, venereal diseases that the America, the Americas had never seen. That the Incas and Mayas had never even seen some of these diseases
2: yeah. that were now
1: being, um, you know, brought in through all this sexual promiscuity. And then the flip side of that is they turn around and demonize. Sex, demonized relationships, demonized the homosexual, demonized the effeminate man, demonized uh, uh, the, the masculine woman by way of these dominant, primarily three dominant world religions. And, and Queen talked about protection. It also provided protection for the five genders. You had a place, you had a purpose, you had a position in the community. And it afforded you a certain degree of protection. The queen described men hunting. Well, who protected the women other than the strong woman while the men were out, out hunting? You still had the five genders. You still had this dissemination of, of roles and, and, and work ethic and, and skill that existed that provided a network of protection for everybody in the village young and old. Today, not only do we not have protection, Olinka Green, for our older black women, but we don't have it for our children either. You know, I was a a child on the street at 13, 14, 15, 16. And indeed, I saw older black women on the street while I was out there, was befriended by some, some that stick in my mind, you know, to this. Who who influenced me and and I influenced them, and we shared and provided resources. But this Western capitalistic structure does not provide protection for those who don't have. Uh,
6: That that, um, brings to mind another problem that I see. Uh, We only have two real groups or age groups. Like, for some reason, there's no in-between. It's like once you turn 18, you're considered an adult. And after that, you have pretty much take care of yourself. And then you get into your elderly and things of that nature. There's no in-between. In most African cultures, you're not an adult until you reach 35. That's, that's you know, that's Definitely. a big difference between 18 and 35. You're not an adult. You can't be a hunter until you reach the age of 30, right? And you have to stay within your group. When you're 15, you stay in the group of 15-year-olds. If you're uh, 18, you stay in the group of 18-year-olds. And you stay with these with these groups of people as you mature. And as you get older, then you start getting into the more uh, responsible task of the tribe. Yeah, we, we don't have nearly... The understanding of how tribes, tribal systems work only because we're trying to shoehorn ourselves into this American version of, of, of way of living. This, this way of, we're living over here, or, I'm sorry, on this continent is trash. The Native Americans had a way better system and it's still working. If, if for some reason, we demonize our voodoo, our hoodoo. And it's a much sounder system compared to the Christian one. Even the Christian one takes uh, little tidbits here and there. Uh, when you go to christen your child, when you go uh, when your baby is born, you go to your pastor or bishop or whatever you have and get your baby christened. You have to have your godparents. Where? Well, what's the role of the godparents? Well, they take care. They take over if something ever was to happen to the original parents. This sounds like polygamy to me or a tribal mentality, right? So these these are little tidbits that are being taken by religion Mm -hmm. and being, forgive the phrase, bastardized to fit into their narrative. Okay, what's wrong with our structures that we had while we were on the continent? It, it, It was wrong with the way that we were living when we were living on some of these... Uh, uh, outside islands because right? mm-hmm. we all didn't just come from Africa we, we were explorers, we traveled and we came from everywhere thank the pirates from, for taking us from different places and mixing us in with the rest of the, the slave trade mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of the stuff that needs to be really sat down and looked at with a magnifying glass to try to figure out well how do we fit how do we fix it
1: I offered that it's happening now, uh, it's yeah. hap- it's, yes. but it's, it's happening through the back door. They won't come through the front door and say, we accept and embrace that there are things about older culture, diverse cultures that, w- that we haven't accepted previously. When I say they're coming through the back door, we see now gay rights movement, women's rights movement, legislation being made to protect certain minority communities within our culture who who did not necessarily have protections before some of you in the black conscious community see that as an imbalance, you know, see that as somehow in conflict or competition with black liberation. But but I see it as once they open the door for one, ultimately they have to open the door for all. And, And so as long as we keep pushing forward our agenda. Our, our way of seeing things, our way of doing things, and particularly from a spiritual perspective. I say all the time, there are many ways to come into this war. And some of you are revolutionary. Some of you are rebels. Some of you are writers. Some of you are politicians. Some of you are going to get that degree and, and go into law and, and change things. And, and and we all have our place in how we move this. For me, it's spirituality religion. And, and I believe at the root of any path that you take, we, we got to look at our head. We got to look at spirituality, religion. We, we got to look at belief. Greetings, Shanice, beloved. Did you have a question or a comment? You kind of popped in, and then you disappeared on me. Shanice, are you with me, beloved? Did you have something you yes. wanted to add? Come on in. Hi. I'm, I'm here. I'm just
5: absorbing all the information that's up here because this is an awesome, awesome topic. Because I feel like a lot of people are quote-unquote opening up to it, but they're not opening up to it and understanding it the way y'all are explaining it and the way it should be. They're just thinking about it, like y'all say, on a sexual level. There's so much more to it. I'm new to the whole religion thing. Um, I've been drawn into it, but I know that there's more to it than just sex. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the gentleman by the name of Brother Polite. He has been really talking about, I think he's in like four relationships or four marriages or something like that. But um, I believe he has a book that talks about love, marriage, business. I've been trying to get the book, but the way he breaks it down, it makes so much sense. And to me, polygamy seems like a natural a natural thing as opposed to this whole one marriage thing because for some reason a lot of us can't get it together and a lot of us like people say you're in a polygamy relationship or you're in a what they say entanglement and just not wanting to admit it or you're going to let your, your, your partner do whatever he wants to do but as long as you everything is set at home financially you're not worried about it no it ain't got to be like that right but, I want to learn more. I think mean, personally, I want to learn more mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. and how it comes. But a lot of us, we don't want to. We want, I, I think especially from the men's perspective, all they say, well, oh, okay, what well, you say, a woman says, they're in okay, they're open for me too. No, my love. No, 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 no. I need you to be open. I need you to be honest. And that's where the openness and the honesty comes in. But a lot of these brothers and a lot of these sisters aren't understanding that. So, yeah, is honesty is, is
1: critical. Man
6: i want want to come in here with a big machete and chop down some of this entanglement that we keep passing around. Um, I, I, I don't agree with the terminology that's being popularized right now. We, um, it sounds like distraction from what we actually need to be focusing on. Um, I think it's entertainment. I think it's hilarious, to be honest with you, but
1: you're not, brother. You're not. You're not speaking to it. You're complaining about it, but you're not telling us what or why.
6: Oh, 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 oh brace yourself! Here it comes. <laughs> all right, if we keep watching our TV and getting our examples of how we're supposed to be living from, you know, Real Housewives and whatnot and all these different uh, reality TV shows, then we're gonna we're gonna miss. Piss out on what it is that we feel that we, if we are internally feel, we know that we're missing something. Well, Just like this fast food that we're eating and whatnot, and I'm guilty of to. we're getting this fast food example of how we're supposed to be living from our televisions.
1: Okay, now wait, rather hold than hold actually
6: on. living it, rather than oh, knowing it. On, I mean, I don't want to demonize television. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, forgive
1: me. me. Hold on, forgive me forgive me, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're, not, you're not getting to the point fast enough for me because oh, okay. because I use the word entanglement and, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm not regurgitating TV. I understand this new modernized situation ship and that absolutely comes into play in what we're talking about. Many of you in the sound of my voice are in a situation ship that if you all were honest, mm-hmm. open communication, it will be a polyamorous relationship. So when I say entanglement, I'm talking quantum metaphysically when I say entanglement. And indeed, we are in entanglement, whether it's in our love relationships or even within the dynamics of our family. I'm in an entanglement with my dad. Me and my dad don't have a whole relationship, don't have a healthy relationship. We have an entanglement. And it's a universal entanglement because it'll feed what I do, what I say, how I act forever. And if I had children, it would then be passed down to my children. So when I say entanglement, I'm I'm talking about something real, energetic, in the spirit realm. I'm not using it in the way that reality TV uses it. If you're talking about me, when 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 I say entanglement.
0: When you say it,
6: I, I hear the usage, of verbiage being used. Like, I hear outside of someone who doesn't, who doesn't have a grasp of the concept of entanglement, like uh, quantum theory, quantum string theory. Uh, I start hearing things that are being popularized in our culture, which is television now. Television is our culture. Um, The the social media is our culture right now, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We don't get off of the um, proverbial manneries of of this television. (laughs) We're going to continue being dead how we're supposed to be feeling.
1: Now now listen, you're also discovering a challenge that I have. Because I'm constantly trying to teach tradition, teach quantum metaphysics, teach indigenous culture and practice, but, but often I'm dealing with a demographic that is using TV words, that is operating from, from internet knowledge. You know, I call it the Orisha Romance. Help me understand how, how we better communicate to them. How do we cross that divide? You know, it, it's just like Grandma picking up really hip hop words because all the kids are using it, because all the <laughs> grandkids yeah. are using it. You know, so now you got grandma, you know,
3: like
1: me with name. yeah, saying you know, cute little, you know, okay. You know, when grandma starts saying that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's. I think it's an attempt. It's an attempt for one generation to connect with another. So, so sometimes I speak from. Culture, I pulled from pop culture. Some mm-hmm. of you are here because of that with the intent of reteaching, re educating, reprogramming. So, Neophyte, I agree with you 100%. I'm just suggesting how then do we teach over that? H- help me to push over that. Because, see, I don't want to be just, you know, a platform of complaint. H- how then right, do right. we reach those who are only vibrating on that level because that's how I view the Orisha
6: Romance. I um, like to um, what it is called poke the bear. I like to kind of get under people's skin personally, personally like my approach um, it's probably not going to be the approach for everybody else. Uh, people are probably going to disagree with that and I embrace that and I accept it but I like to poke the bear to be honest with you. Um, I like to make people a little more uncomfortable in explaining their terminology, their phraseology, what they think they know. Um, especially when I come across people that uh, want readings, want want tarot readings or whatnot, but have this this clinging to their uh, religion and have these horrible definitions for what it is they think they know. When I question their knowledge of the Bible, they find themselves at a loss. They they have no idea. They've never heard of half of the things that I've kind of written up and questioned them all. So, like I said, i like to pull I thought you had more that you was gonna to add to that. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I, I, got yeah, I, try to, I try to keep it as simple as I can. I, I got a lot to say, most of the time, But when it comes to like my, my little niches and how I approach things, I like I said, I like to make people uncomfortable. I like to poke the bear. If you go, if you go down my Facebook timeline, you don't necessarily see any of my personal things. You see me poking the bear.
1: Okay. Uh, I got you. I got you. Now, now DP, DP, a Parallel Universe article was released, and everybody started making it trendy, which is probably why the (laughs) word entanglement was on Jada Pinkett's tongue. Now, now DP, I agree with you. All you got to do is ask Shanice. All you got to do is ask Shanice. Shanice one of my oldest Internet friends, and she'll tell you I've been talking about entanglement in quantum metaphysics since the yeah. Yahoo 360 days. That's
5: <laughs> why I came you.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I I agree it's popular right now. It's on Jada Pinkett's tongue and many other people's tongues, but it's been yeah. in my platform and in my ministry for over yes. a decade. <laughs> yes.
3: yes, yes, yes. I want to yes. ask question.
1: They catching up to me. Come on, Queen.
3: I want to ask the question of. How is it so hard for a large majority of black women to turn their nose up at polygamy and polygamous style relationship? yet know that man got another woman on the other side of town, all they do is roll their eyes about it and keep on going like somebody said earlier, as long as my bill stays over here. Yeah. He can do what he want to do. But this is what I found that comes out of these situations. My second husband, father, for those fathers y'all know what this means, back in the 60s, worked on the river. So he made a good paycheck. When his father died, we went to the funeral. There were five children there crying for their daddy, and we thought my husband was the only one. Well, I
2: think that's tragic. But mm-hmm.
3: what was tragic was
2: man, you know, when, about the his
3: family. Children, when the children about talked to each other the rehab, that- they got together. They're friends now. They had no more feelings about their dad and on their mama. They were happy to realize they had another family. But the sad part for me about it was if they all would have just been out in the open, all these five individuals would have really had childhood memories, would have really not found it until they were in their 30s. They would have grew up together. It all would have been out in the open because all
1: the mothers actually knew each other because he didn't go too far out of his neighborhood to help these other
3: kids. And it's
1: very common, unfortunately. Very common. Area code 856, um, I'm opening your mic. Who's calling and where are you calling from?
2: Uh, I'm calling from Philadelphia, this is Chef bouget. Oh, uh, Chef, greetings, beloved. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you?
1: All is a blessing.
2: What you got uh, to I'm offer? I'm listening to this I'm listening to this topic and I think maybe a long time ago polygamy probably could have worked, but I don't think it's feasible anymore. This is a capitalistic society and to be into that type of relationship you gotta be extremely you gotta be mature and you can't be selfish. And those two things don't go along too much anymore, not today. Because if a man is out there, that situation, first of all, if a man is with a woman, he's married, they got a relationship going on, you can't tie another woman in with it. That's another personality. That's another spirit that you got to deal with. And, and I, don't think, I don't think that's the right thing to do because somebody's going to be hurt at the end of the day. And hurt people really hurt people.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think anyone disagrees with you. Um, when we discussed just a moment ago, um, maturity, you know, maturity is, is key to this. Spiritual maturity, cultural maturity um, is critical to this. So, so we don't disagree and we don't recommend it. We don't think everybody, listen, I don't think everybody's ready to have kids. If I had my my way, many of you wouldn't have children at all, especially based on my upbringing and some of what I had to endure uh, as a child. People should have a license. People should have to go through three years of college, you know, at least, you know, or some type of collegiate academic level study and instruction. Um so, yeah, self-evaluated. I think your credit needs to be looked at. I mean, you know, in my opinion, as we look at the more indigenous cultural structures, we often say, well, they had a simplistic society. They had a very basic, you know, economy, et cetera, et cetera. But if we put it in modern context, many of the things that you and I, Chef Bougie, would suggest, they had in place. So you weren't marrying if you weren't ready. You weren't dating if if you weren't ready. You weren't about to violate their young daughter, you know, and plant no seed if you weren't in a position and your family wasn't in the position to step up and do what was what was necessary. Yeah, uh, yeah who your people is, who, who your mom and them is, where you come from, boy, yeah. you know? And so I, I agree I, with I, you.
2: Come yeah, on, Jeff. I just remember... I just remember as being a young man, I remember hearing Elijah Muhammad say that, you know, in Islam, you can marry more than one one woman. But he said if you knew best, you would just stick with one. The,
1: the Bible says if you know best, you will remain single <laughs> wow. and say, and, and you know, to a high to a higher calling. So, again, I agree with you. Uh, no, I don't think that's a that's a European concept at its root. I, just like I just said, in any indigenous world society, you are not allowed to take on any responsibility oh, yeah. that you hadn't demonstrated
4: that you
0: were, yeah, that
1: you were ready for. It. So, yeah. yeah. Greetings, greetings. Am I missing anyone? Come on in, y'all, because I'm going to uh, move forward momentarily. I have some things on my plate. I got some ancestral work and divination to do. I'm I'm really proud and honored and humbled by those who are taking this time, this season, this COVID-19 season, unfortunately this George Floyd season, who are really addressing ancestral work and divination. I often say I don't have to be Miss Cleo. I don't have to be Reverend Ike. I'm not Tammy Faye Baker and, and Jim Baker. I don't have to sell you on, on, on the voodoo. The ancestors sell you on themselves, the ancestors. And so anyone who takes time to delve into themselves is guaranteed a response. Delving into your ancestors is delving into yourself. And it will often create an environment where you will have to look at yourself, be forewarned, Hear me clearly, you can't do ancestral work and not have to confront shadow work. Shadow work is inevitable to doing ancestral work. We all got stuff to clean up. We all got stuff to do. Many of us, if not most of us, are not ready. Are not ready. Are not at that Chef Bougie level ready, what he just described. are, Are not at that level of ready that I just offered. Many of us are not ready. So feel no sense of judgment. Feel no sense of of of, of, uh, of me putting my my judgment upon you. Know that we're all working to move forward to the next level. We we all are. I invite the honesty. I invite the conversation. I invite the participation. It, it, and and it's in that that the healing comes. It is in that that we receive our blessing. Listen, I am so hungry right now, so I am going to move forward. I appreciate everyone's coming out, participating, calling in, chatting in, being present on on StreamYard with me. And I look forward to connecting with you again on Monday at high noon U.S. Central Standard Time with my new temple space vibrating at a whole other level. <laughs> Just look for it. It's coming. All is truly and indeed a blessing. And listen, if I owe you a call, if I owe you an email, it's coming. It's coming. It's Friday. I'm going to get it together in the next four hours. So I'm booking people. It looks like I'm going to be booked almost all weekend. So come on in. Come on in. I invite you to come on in. All is truly and indeed a blessing. I say, I say, I say.
7: Dash of cayenne to the root Gonna put on my Greek, Greek suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if Freddy ready Gonna free at that old cemetery Down on on where she's buried The fire on the bayou When a black cat scratches at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant the magic words, go for a A dash of cayenne to the rule Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that Moses threw. through. I'm going to get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof, going to put on my grease. Hat, black suit, too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes. Black sheets, too. Going spray at the old cemetery. Down on Claiborne, where she's buried. A dash of cayenne. To the room Gonna put on my Greek Grease Yeah Black top hat